PGCE Research Bites from the team behind Emma and Tom Talk Teaching. Hello and welcome to PGCE Research Bites, a showcase for the very best student teacher research from the Cardiff Partnership for Initial Teacher Education. Today I'm joined by Lydia Bundy, who's a student teacher on our PGCE primary programme. Hi, Lydia. Hello. Hello. And I'm delighted to say that I'm also joined today by Joe Bowers, who assessed Lydia's work and is also a friend of the podcast from last season's episode on Reading for Pleasure. Welcome back, Joe. Lovely to be back. Hello. Hello. Okay, so let's get down to it then. Lydia, you've just completed a literature-based piece of research for your lead partnership school. Now, we're not naming lead partnership schools in our research or or in these. That's kind of the way we do things around these parts. Um, But it's a school in the South Wales area. And they gave you a topic to look into because it's a topic that's of interest to them for their kind of development, their their kind of uh, school improvement or development. So what was the big topic that your school gave you? Um, I was delivered the research theme of well-being, which is obviously very relevant with the ongoing problems we have with COVID-19. So it was something I couldn't wait to explore further and find a theme and some literature related to well-being. Absolutely. It's really important, isn't it? But it's also a very, very big topic. So I guess the first thing you had to do was find a kind of focus within that topic in order to make this a manageable piece of work. Yeah, well, originally, way back at the start of the primary PGC course, I'd say around October, November, I was delivered a lecture by Joe all about reading for pleasure. And that's when I really fell in love with that concept and that area. And luckily, when a few weeks later, I was delivered the research theme of well-being, I really thought them two could link in unison. So instantly, when I was delivered that topic, I just thought of reading for pleasure and to explore that area. Joe, that's an assessment marriage made in heaven for you, isn't it? It's perfect. It's something that's very close to my heart, the whole idea of books and well-being and how they can support children's well-being. So, yes, it was it was a delight to see one of those research areas being really explored. Wonderful. OK, so for this assignment, then, we asked everybody to choose six pieces of literature, six sources that they could find out there in the world, academic literature, and to kind of review those critically and come to some conclusions. So it's a really big question to ask, Lydia. What were your six sources uh, and what did those six sources say to you and what did you come to discover in them? Uh, Well, before identifying the six sources, a really useful resource that I explored was actually via the Open University for their Reading for Pleasure pedagogy, where they've identified four areas that really support reading for pleasure within the classroom. And that was social reading environments, independent reading, reading aloud, and book talk, like inside text talk. So I decided to dedicate four of them sources for each of those headings. But first of all, I used the remaining two sources to give an overview of reading for pleasure and how it can support pupil well-being. So the, fi- uh, the first uh, source I found was by Clark and Trevanin Goff of 2018. And that was just really exploring how the relationship between reading for pleasure can support pupil well-being within the classroom. And a real key term that I discovered was called volition and how reading for pleasure can support a reader's volition, so that's their will to read. 
So that was where it was a very large study. Nearly 50,000 pupils were incorporated and they wanted to explore aspects of life satisfaction, coping skills and self-belief. And they found that those children who had a positive attitude towards reading on average had a greater mental well-being score than those who really engaged in the practice and, and had a negative outlook towards the act of reading, which summarises as those who had a passion and enjoyed picking up the book and entering the magical world, on average then had better life satisfaction and coping skills. It was undertaken by the National Literacy Trust, which is obviously regarded as a, a really confident source as it's very large, independent and has a history of focusing on literacy development skills. So from that, I came from the conclusion that there was a strong connection of a positively enforcing reading for pleasure within the environment to help children gain uh, the better wellbeing index. And then, so that was my first, just to give an overview of reading for pleasure and its impact on positive wellbeing. So then I looked at a further study and it was a lot more recent. I think something I was trying to link with this research was trying to get that connection to the challenges children are experiencing during COVID. So I found a study that was released just before the pandemic hit by Mac and Fancourt in 2020. And they actually used, uh, it was called the Millennium Cohort Study. So it's a group of students who were, they were all born in the, in the year 2000. And so that in, in order that enabled that it was like a temporal representation. They were from a vast background of different natures, but they wanted to explore whether children who engage with reading at the age of 11, whether the impact of that had a positive effect by the time they were 14. And they actually found that children who enjoyed reading at the younger age, by the time they reached their 14, so quite a teenage teenage age, they had more, they had a better understanding of empathy and positive emotions to support a positive uh, emotional development as they approached adolescence. So I wanted to explore them two studies just to give a context to how reading can actually support people's well-being and particularly as we approached a challenging period in education. So then from that, I explored social reading environments. So I wanted, using sources such as Google Scholar, I wanted to find maybe a paper that could highlight the role of developing social reading environments within the classroom and how this can empower a positive mental well-being. So Chuatel are the ones that incorporated social reading environments and that's all about designing your classroom space to really support an open and, uh, an open and vibrant reading environment. So they looked at the aesthetics and how you can empower children's motivation to develop passion towards reading. So it was quite a small study across a one year time span, which incorporated 16 participants aged four to six years old. And uh, they found that after a series of observations and watching the children interact with the literature, that when you create these open reading environments that children can willingly enter, the children had a better opportunity to enhance their emotional skills and their self-confidence by exploring the tales and the stories within the sources provided. And it could help them generate a personal connection with the literature. And they could often read stories that connected to their own life and help them pattern maybe some examples of how they could deal with certain emotions as they encounter them. So a further study following on from that was the power of independent reading. And that's when I went to Stairs and Burgos 2010. And they explored the role of giving children that opportunity 
to undertake independent reading within their own time. So this was again conducted in America, but it was less recently, it was during 2006 and 2007, but they threw a series of journal reflections that children had to complete following their independent reading time. They found that giving children the experience of engaging with the literature in a calming and relaxing manner, it actually shifted their views towards their passion and their, as mentioned, their volition towards reading, and they actually enjoyed the literature and they can connect further and it gives them that moment, that pause and that break in the day where they may be experiencing any certain troubles or stresses and they enter a new world within that book. So following on from independent reading, there was Reading Aloud and Reading Aloud was by Lejka and Murga 2018 and they wanted to see how Reading Aloud benefited children's mental health. And this can be reading aloud, either done by the pupil themselves or by the teacher. So they conducted this study of 220 children, both at home and within the school learning environment, to explore how experiencing periods of reading aloud by themselves and their teacher supported their mental well-being. And they found that being read to, the children felt 74 to 78% of the children felt enjoyment. They really enjoyed the experience of being read to by an adult and it made them feel happy, it made them feel relaxed and for many of them it felt like they were physically in the book. For example, you know, when we have reading aloud sessions in school, you can really bring in some arts and some dramatic and really let them take that break from the day and enter this magical story that's, that's right in front of them. And then finally, following on from reading aloud, you've got Ellie 2014 who explored book talk and inside text talk. Now, this uh, paper was really interesting to explore the discussions that can follow after uh, undergoing a, a shared reading session together as a class. So she would present a book to the class, to the children, and then after completing the session, they would initiate book talk around the topic or the themes that were present within the text. And from this, it really opened up the children's honesty and talk with their peers regarding the themes. And they could, on, they could sometimes pick literature then, which had a specific theme. So in her study, she mentioned whether there were themes of children not getting along with their peers. And she would represent this in the text so then children can understand how relationships are formed or how we need communication with our peers and positive relationships to contribute to a happy, healthy life. So um, that was the Inside Text Talk book. Well, one of the things I really feel more and more as I talk through these assignments with people is just a sense of the kind of work that goes into selecting from a kind of blank page six sources from this vast sort of world of academic literature which come together to set a scene. I'm almost like a book themselves. They set a scene and then they build and sustain a kind of line of argument. And I don't know about you, Joe, but this sounds like a really compelling argument that Liddy has built for the central importance of this reading for pleasure in 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 education absolutely and i think um just even before the compelling what struck me as a real strength of this was that lydia had sort of embedded it within the reading for pleasure um pedagogy and the open university website research that Teresa kremen has been carrying out and she kind of looked into that whole area of reading for pleasure which is obviously not specifically linked to well-being, but looked at all the research that's gone on that shows what the core themes are in terms of 
children developing reading for pleasure. So, so there was a lot of work and reading that went on before that even started, which I think was a real strength. And she identified those four themes, the social reading environments, the independent reading, the reading aloud, the book talk and inside text talk. So then the thinking behind it was to actually set the scene with kind of like what is the what it what it's all about, well-being and reading for pleasure. And then for each of the other four texts to then explore those themes, but also link them together. So that it showed that it that one you know so that there's not just one way of doing this. So for the unpicking for me was 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 a real strength, and actually because it was based on research that's actually currently going on in this country as we speak. Um, so she was linking kind of international research and other research that had been done in by other organisations in the UK to, to that that core research around reading for pleasure. So yeah, real strength and very compelling. Yeah, and it's not as easy as it sounds to kind of create that argument uh, in, in that kind of way and in, in such a strong, strong and linked and solid kind of way. So, Lydia, the next thing we asked you to do as part of the assignment was to summarise your findings still further into a, a visual format. And I know you actually produced a, a narrated presentation. What did you say to your school? What did you tell them and, and how did they react to your findings? Well, I presented those four themes to the school and how they all encompass the well-being of pupils within the learning environment. But I tried to emphasise that they need to be implemented as a collective and that they, in fact, all support each other. So, for example, within the social reading environments, when we create these spaces for children to enter that are open and welcoming and, and present an array of resources for them to explore, that encourages their independency to undertake independent reading. And when they spend that time independently reading, they then might want to share the literature through reading aloud with their peers. And then following on from that, they can engage in the book talk. And this they call it, they refer to it, Theresa Krem in 2014. She's a key leader in the reading for pleasure pedagogy. They call this term book blether. And that's when children then can engage in the topic and see the themes, explore the characters and, and the deep messages and emotion. So I really try to enforce that it's following this four themed framework that we can support well-being and try and incorporate it at, the, at that time when I presented it to the school we were all still online learning so trying to support it at both an in-school and a blended learning application and supporting both teachers and parents in this world of reading for pleasure. So Joe, you must have been a happy person reading such a kind of comprehensive and rigorous kind of setting out of the reading for pleasure pedagogy. I was, really was, and actually, especially in the context of well-being and children's well-being, because I think, um, and Lydia and I have, have spoken about this as well, and obviously I've, I've spoken about this with, with colleagues as well, that actually the research around well-being and reading and books for children, there's not a great deal out there. It is, there's, there's quite a lot of research around well-being. There's a lot of research around reading for pleasure, and there's a lot of research around sort of well-being and books in terms of bibliotherapy and how it relates to different kinds of adults um, as well. And there's some research out there in terms of trying to gauge how it supports children well-being, but not masses. And I really felt that Lydia had found somewhere where there was something to really get your teeth in into and discuss that was new as well. So that, that was really exciting to read that. So that was another reason for it, yeah. That's really great to see. So, Lydia, this wasn't just for your school. It was supposed to be for you as well. Um, 
How do you see you taking this forward now as a teacher yourself? And what are the next steps for you as a researcher? Um, well, following on from this research, it inspired my own personal passion for reading for pleasure. Before I started my PGC journey, I didn't have a bookshelf in my bedroom. But now, as we're nearly halfway through the, the course, I have a bookshelf in my room full of books that I've invested in because doing this research, I can see it as a benefit for, for everyone and particularly those in a, a quite a busy profession like teachers taking that time to also look after your own well-being. When thinking about it within my future profession, well, uh, on the placement I was on while completing this, I had ideas of I would love to have created my own book club and it would have really encompassed those four headings and supporting children through that. So really just providing the learners with the opportunity to actually explore these headings that they don't, they don't even, they might not even realise they're doing so. So even recently, through my current practice, I've been engaging in reading aloud sessions with the learners and trying to share book talk in settings such as the, when we're out on the yard, learners sharing their books. And without doing so, they are connected so deeply and enjoying the literature. So it really is, it's inspiring me as a practitioner and my perspective of reading aloud and the benefits it can have for me, but also for the children and especially during the ongoing disruption and challenges they may be facing and the return to school using the book sources. And I've got an array of resources that I would love to use one day that can address concerns such as worries and anxiety and maybe social skills. They can really be addressed and supported within the sources and the texts. And Joe, I know we've spoken about this in the past, you know, that we've met some people on the podcast who are part of this community, the Reading for Pleasure kind of community. I imagine they're going to be uh, welcoming Lydia into the fold with open arms. Oh, absolutely. I mean, definitely. Uh, there's so many opportunities for the students once they've left the programme to join that kind of book community and that Reading for Pleasure and, and doing some kind of their own kind of development work within the classrooms. So absolutely, definitely. The, the conversation is just starting, Lydia, isn't it? And, uh, you know, this is just this. So that's that's absolutely fantastic. For me as well, though, what is wonderful to hear is is the impact on the children, but also the the, the, the impact on Lydia, that, that it's helped you too, and that you've, in the process, have been able to develop your own subject knowledge of children's books. You've got ideas of how you want to implement it in the classroom. You try, you're starting to do that in the classroom. And interestingly, the, there's a World Book Day has come out with a report, which is in conjunction with Book Trust, Centre for Literary and Primary Education, the National Literary Trust and the Reading Agency, looking at the impact last year on reading for pleasure in children's kind of life chances and things like that. So I'm delighted to see that Lydia's already sort of starting to look into it from that perspective because it has shown that, you know, reading aloud and books have become such a valuable resource to support children's well-being. That's what, and actually I've looked at the facts in front of me, young people reported that it helped them relax um, about 40% said that and 35% said it made them feel happy. So I think, you know, it's a really relevant and exciting piece of research that you've carried out there. And I'm sure there will be other people who'll be interested to hear about it more, Lydia. 
And actually, looking at this more widely, Joe, now I've got another member of staff on one of these to to kind of talk to about this. I know we've we've banged on for years about producing a, a, a research kind of informed profession and a p- partnership in which the university's got something to to bring to that. And I know it's a, a circle that people have struggled to square for for decades and decades. But I've been really blown away by some of these assignments I've been reading and discussing. I can really start to see how this can actually look and how this can work and how PGCE students are now going into the profession with research skills, which in all honesty, you know, I could only have dreamt of in the in the early stages of my teaching career. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Lydia, it's, it just seems to me that this piece of research has really developed you as a classroom teacher and your love of something within the classroom. And we all know that we stay in the classrooms because we have something we're passionate about, don't we? That's what keeps us going when it gets tough and it gets stressful. And to see you found something like that, Lydia, is is fantastic. But yes, actually the research skill element that's gone into that means that you can engage in that wider community in terms of action research alongside all the resources and activities that you're embedding in your classroom as well. So um, I'm hoping you you'll see it like that, that it's just part of you know it's not just a standalone assignment it's actually what I've why you know is an excellent assignment is it's been actually part and parcel of your practice your interest your research skills develop you know everything has come together in the assignment so um yeah excellent well, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, doing this. Thank you, Lydia. It's been it's been just great to talk to you about your research. Thank you. I've honestly, I I did as Joe just said. Then I can't thank her enough because without Joe giving that present or that lecture in uh, October, November, twenty twenty, I'd never have discovered the world of reading for pleasure. So really, it is all down for Joe and being there as an open open source. Then when I had questions or. For example, I, I did go. I did reach out to Joe and I asked, "Have you got any examples of really good well-being texts that I could explore myself and and read, so then I could then one day present to the children?" And the support has been amazing. And I I think the passion and the that I have created for reading for pleasure it really channels down to hearing the great words from Joe herself. Well, Joe, that's the feedback we get out of bed for in the morning in this business, isn't it? It is and is, but don't take any of the credit away from yourself, Liddy, because you know you you you've put all that hard work in and you found that enjoyable and and what what more can you ask and actually asking me for ideas in terms of reading and well-being and reading for pleasure um to be honest with you that's it now you forever more i will be suggesting things so <laughs> you might you might rue the day <laughs> well we hope everyone's enjoyed listening to this rundown of the research and and i hope you find it useful for your own work in schools and beyond thank you for listening and we'll be back again soon PGC Research Bites comes from the team behind Emma and Tom Talk Teaching and is presented this week by me, Tom Breeze. It showcases the best student-teacher research from the Cardiff Partnership for Initial Teacher Education. Thanks to Lydia Bundy from PGCE Primary who joined us today to share her research and to Joe Bowers from the Primary team for her specialist insights. Podcast artwork is by Beth Blandford and the music is by Cameron Stewart. We'll be back with a regular episode next week and PGC Research Bites will be back soon. Thank you.